You are listening to the season finale of season four of the Latina Mom Legacy podcast. In today's finale, I have the most listened to episodes of each of the last four seasons. Join me as I go down memory lane and revisit Hispanic heritage and what it means for kids, talking tech and toys with the Latina mom, my favorite money tips, and how you can be the best version of you for your baby. Yo, a Latina mom, bilingual parenting educator, and now author, Jenny Perez, te invito as we take a closer look. Así que no te lo pierdas. Hola, hola, ¿cómo estás? I hope that you're doing well. I hope that life is treating you kind. Welcome to the season finale of the Latina Mom Legacy Podcast. I am your host, Jenny Perez. If this is your first time listening, welcome and goodbye. <laughs> Just kidding, but it is the season finale, but don't despair, don't despair. You can continue to listen to past episodes of the Latina Mom Legacy Podcast. And the best way that you can do this is to join my newsletter at milegacy.com where I will send you and continue to send you weekly emails with podcast suggestions for you to listen to over the summer and a few uh, extra freebies and a few extra things. So be sure to join La Lista so that we can continue to feel connected over the summer. Today I have the top episode of each season from the past four seasons. It's been four years. Don't ask me about the numbering system because people think I have like 400 podcasts, which I don't. Uh, the first number represents the season. The second numbers represent the episode number. So this is episode 473. So this is season four, episode 73. I know. Moving forward, the seasons will begin in September and they will end in June during the school year. So that's how it's going to proceed. And we'll see. I may change my mind later on. <laughs> But that's how it's going to be moving forward. Thank you so much for tuning in. So I got to tell you, I just got back from the doctor. And remember I told you that doctor had said that I had high cholesterol and that I kind of needed to watch my diet and kind of make some changes and start changing my habits, which I, I talked about a few weeks ago. So I just got back from the doctor and the verdict is in. I'm doing so well. I'm doing so well. So I got to tell you. So I dropped a little over two pounds, which is good. I thought I didn't, I hadn't lost anything, but I lost a little over two pounds and my cholesterol, especially my triglycerides, my triglycerides, is that how you say it, went down considerably. So he was very happy about that. The regular cholesterol is almost the same, but the bad cholesterol went down. So long story short, no medication. And I am going to continue on a, a healthier eating lifestyle. And, you know, which means a little bit less chicharron. <laughs> <laughs> and less tacos for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and, uh, you know, more healthier alternatives. So that that is the update so far. I also have to tell you, our summer schedule is a little bit out of whack now because my daughter, Victoria, who is a goalie player, she's eight years old, she got selected by her hockey club and her uh, hockey organization to rep to be one of two goalies representing the club in her age group. So we are going to be going to a big hockey tournament in New England at the beginning of August. So we had to change all of our flights and what an ordeal. But we really saw this as an opportunity for her to grow in terms of her her hockey and obviously her her club and her organization sees her potential. So this is a good opportunity. I, of course, see this as an opportunity uh, for growth for her and trial as well. 
for her to be, you know, if she's serious, I know she's eight, but as your children begin to grow, it's good for them to start to see these opportunities as a way to work towards something, to work hard for something. And she is going to be competing with uh, against uh, another goalie for the top spot within the organizations. So it really will be up to her to step it up and to continue to practice. And we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But it's exciting. And I mentioned this before, her the fact that she is bilingual, the fact that she's multilingual or on her way to becoming multilingual for me has been crucial in helping her really in her brain development. And it's really helped her a lot in her hockey. I know I did an episode on uh, how bilingualism helps athletes, but I truly I truly, truly feel that it has made a huge difference in her reflexes, in how she approaches the game. And and we're excited. We're excited to see her grow and continue to blossom. But first and foremost, to make sure that she's having fun. That is for me, number one, above all. And whatever she does, I want to make sure that she is enjoying herself, that yes, she's putting in the effort, she's putting in the hard work, but overall, you want to make sure at the end of the day, they are kids that they are having fun. Whatever it is that they're learning, whatever it is that they're practicing, uh, you want to make sure that they have that positive connection and association to that so that they can continue to work hard to work towards their goal. And that's going to give them motivation to do so. That's what's going on in our summer. Today, I have the top episode of each of the season. I have some highlights for you. So we're going to go down memory lane. Espero que te guste and I'll talk to you soon. Ciao, ciao. So the top episode of season one and this is not a surprise to me, is episode 001 Hispanic Heritage Month Facts and Tips on How to Celebrate Hispanic Heritage Month with Your Kids. So this was my very first episode. I was so green. (laughs) The audio was so bad. I mean, it wasn't terrible, to be honest. It wasn't terrible. I feel like I've come such a long way since that episode. So in this episode, I talk about, I give you some Hispanic Heritage Month facts that are still quite relevant. Uh, But what I want you to take away from this episode, and when I listened back to this episode, was my heartfelt message about what it means to be Hispanic for kids in from my perspective. And I give you my my experience and my point of view. So take a listen. And if you want to listen to the whole episode, that's the very first episode Episode 001. Así que, espero que te guste. Do kids really know what it means to be Latino or Hispanic? I don't think so. I mean, speaking from my personal experience as a child, I grew up in Miami, in Hialeah, Florida specifically. My parents immigrated to the States back, way back in like the 60s, late 60s and 70s. And I was, I wasn't born here, but I was brought here when I was a baby. I was maybe six to eight months old. My, my parents don't even remember. And for the longest time, I just felt American. I mean, even though I grew up in Miami and it's a very Hispanic and Latino uh, community, I knew that America was my home. I knew that my parents spoke to me about Colombia, but I, in my mind, I, I associated being Colombian with the way my parents spoke with uh, the foods that we ate, I really didn't fully understand what it meant to be Colombiana until I went to visit Colombia and it was my birth country. So when I was, I'm sorry, when I was 12, 
my dad decided that he didn't like the way I was being raised in, or the education system was in the States. And he decided that we were going to pack our bags and go back to, to Colombia. And to this day, I think that this was the best thing that he could have done for me in so many ways, because it not only helped me so much with my Espanol, but it opened my eyes to another world, to uh, the way other people live. And it opened my eyes to, to my culture and, and it helped me understand what what my parents, uh, how my parents were raised and, and what their background was. I think so many times, especially here in the States, uh, we live in our own little bubble. We, especially if you don't travel, if you don't get out, you don't fully understand how the rest of the world lives. And for me, it was a very eye-opening experience and ex an experience that I will always treasure. Hopefully next year, it's in the budget, I'll take Victoria to Colombia for the first time. That's about the age that I was when I went my first time. She'll be five. And I was almost six when I went. And I do have memories of that very first trip. But I want her to to see the outside world, to see where her family comes from, her Colombian family comes from. And one day in the near future, we will go and visit Bulgaria so that she can see where her Bulgarian roots are and what that side of the world is and how that impacts her life. Ultimately, though, it's up to you. It's up to us as parents. It's up to us to get the baton that our parents and grandparents have left for us and to pass it down for the next generation. Nobody's going to do it for you. Nobody's going to do it for you. You have to make the conscious effort. You have to make that commitment and that determination that you want to do this for your kids. Nobody said it's going to e be easy. It may feel awkward. For the longest time, I just spoke English and my husband's Bulgarian. So it's not like I can communicate in Spanish with him. I mean, now he's he's come a long way. He can understand a lot of Espanol. For the longest time, I just spoke English. I mean, I only spoke Spanish with my parents and my extended family. But all I did was speak English. And when I had my daughter, I made the commitment to myself and to her that I was going to speak Spanish to her, that I was going to teach her, that I was going to show her what it meant to be Latina. I didn't want that to die down for her. I wanted her to embrace her roots, to embrace where she, where, where her family comes from, where she comes from. And it doesn't have to be perfect. It really doesn't have to be perfect. If we don't keep it alive, who's going to do it? Who's going to do it? So, I, I encourage you to celebrate this Hispanic Heritage Month, and not just this month, but every day in your life, in your kid's life, to celebrate where you come from. And we should not be fearful to celebrate our Hispanidad, our Latinidad, because this is who we are. Let's embrace where we come from and let's be an example and a role model for our kids. I promise you, I promise you they will thank you when, when they're, when they're grownups. They may not like it. I know my daughter, she's like, ay, Espanol again, ay, mom, this and that. But you know what? I know that I'm doing this for her good because what my dad did for me is priceless, priceless. I have so much to thank for him. And God, I'm, I get so emotional, but I get so emotional. But I know the sacrifices that he did and the sacrifices that my family did and the sacrifices that your families have done and your parents and your grandparents and, and great-grandparents that they did. Please, for them, for your kids, be proud of where you are. Be proud of where you come from. Give your kids 
something for them to treasure. The most listened to episode from season two is episode 224 with Monica Encarnacion from NYC Tech Mommy. And this episode is the 2020 Toy Holiday Gift Guide. So we started an annual tradition where every November or close to December, we do an annual holiday toy gift guide where we do bilingual toys, tech toys, dolls. We, we run the full gamut of toys and this was a very special episode. And since then, we've both grown so much and our friendship has grown so much. So I'm so proud and happy to have her in our top countdown. Monica has an amazing blog, NYC Tech Mommy. Please be sure to check her out and to follow her on Instagram. She's an amazing blogger and she just works with so many companies and always has the latest information on tech and gadgets. And it's a great resource to have and to look into. And this year, I have a special announcement to make for you. This year, I will be attending Toy Fair and I will be recording live and broadcasting live from Toy Fair. So that's going to be exciting. And I hope to connect with companies and hopefully, hopefully, Get some amazing, amazing bilingual Spanish toys, or maybe from other countries as well. We'll see. To uh, include in our annual giveaway. Así que be sure to tune in. I think that episode is going to air sometime late September, early October. Para que no te lo pierdas. Here's a little snippet from episode 224 with Monica Encarnacion of NYC Tech Mommy. All right, so again, my name is Monica, and I'm the mom behind the NYC Tech Mommy blog. I was raised in New York City, live in New York City, although right now, because of the pandemic, we're staying in Pennsylvania with my parents um, so that we can all quarantine together. I'm the daughter of immigrant parents from Uruguay, married with two kids, and my husband's family's from Puerto Rico. So we both grew up speaking Spanish at home. I can't say we're doing the best job with the kids now <laughs> at home, speaking Spanish to them, but we're a bilingual family. So, Monica, let's talk about your background and what inspired you to start NYC Tech Mommy. I've been working for the past six years kind of as a digital parenting writer and a consultant, a freelance writer. And I've been using my educa my educator background and my expertise as an educator and as a parent to help and guide other parents in making the right choices for their kids when it comes to things like toys and educational apps and children's books, sometimes bilingual children's books. And that all started when I founded my blog, um, which I'm the uh, editor and founder of the blog, NYC Tech Mommy, as we mentioned before. Mm -hmm. And my mission there is to inspire families to live simple, live fun, and live life with tech. Like, those are all the things that I personally love. And that came from uh, prior to starting my blog. I had been working as an elementary school teacher, a bilingual teacher in New York City mm -hmm. schools. For a few years, I also worked as a tech teacher. And working with my students in elementary school and with their parents really inspired me to start identifying digital platforms and tech resources and different ways to promote learning and language development with kids to help them make connections with the real world, like beyond the classroom through tech. Kids aren't fearful of technology. Mm -hmm. You know, oh, no, it no. can do so much. They know so much more. And they're so quick. They're so yeah. quick to learn. Sometimes they'll teach me. I don't know how to do something. And my son's like, mom, that's so simple. Let me show you. And I'm like, how did you do that? You know, to them <laughs> no. it's, like, it's natural. They've been around it forever, you know, and they're not fearful. And that's why they're so good at it. So I feel like I, I, I like to inspire parents to also not be fearful of the tech. So when I was home with my daughter um, six years ago mm -hmm. uh, and I 
became a stay-at-home mom with two mm-hmm. kids, I was kind of looking for an outlet, some way to uh, connect with other moms and kind of like tap into the things that I was passionate about and um, and just find other like-minded moms. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I kind of was just home alone and needed that connection with like the outside world yep. and grown-ups. So I decided to start a blog. I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> I didn't know anything <laughs> about blogging or even social media. So I started a blog and um, I was just pretty much sharing things that I loved and I was passionate about, things I did with my kids. Uh, my daughter was baby at the time uh, with my son who was about seven you know at the time and it was um experiences that we were having in and around new york city and also like technology i was using with them mm-hmm, apps mm-hmm. i'm a huge app hoarder so i was mm-hmm. sharing, like apps that i was using and things like that and it was kind of like just a hobby something to keep me busy outside of just taking care of the kids at home but quickly it became a business when brands started mm-hmm. reaching out to me to do review of products to share experiences uh, to talk about tech you know from a teacher's perspective and then it just took off without me even trying. It was like, Mm -hmm, so, mm -hmm. and before I knew it, I was working with brands, not just on my blog, but brands were reaching out to me, you know, to do writing for them uh, or to consult with them Mm -hmm. at companies. And since then, like for the past six years, what I've been doing, not just on my blog, but also on other websites like Common Sense Media, for example, Mm -hmm. I've worked as a freelance writer for them in the digital space and, um, and just working with other brands like toy brands, which has been a lot of fun. And my blog has changed and evolved mm-hmm. over the years where it started I'm more sure. on the techie side, but now it's kind of like just my life. Uh, tech is a big part of it. Education is a big part of it, but travel is as well. So it's a mix of all the things I love, but it's just unexpected that it would become kind of like a business and that it would be something that I'm so passionate about. I view technology as a positive and not as a negative. As long as it's quality content that they're consuming, then I'm okay with the screen time. It also has to be you uh, as a parent being involved in what your kids are using. They're on an app, they're playing a video game, Mm -hmm. you know, try it out. Don't be scared. Plus it's what the kids love. So you want to be kind of like involved in those things that are so important. And it's the future, you know, tech is the future. So, um, and I love when we can bring that into toys as well and make it fun. I'm so excited that you mentioned toys because that's what we're going to be talking about today. Our recommendations. And I think it's going to be a great balance because you're the tech mom. I feel like you're, this is what you do. And I'm like the non-tech mom because I am a little bit fearful of tech. I'm very old school. So I think, I think the balance, the list is going to be a good balance. Yeah. I'm excited. I kept it not too crazy tech because I also believe that there has to be like a balance and kids like to play. Play is super important without the screens, you know, going outdoors is super important. Family time, super important. Not, you know, screen time isn't everything. And our kids are like on screens so much right now. Mm -hmm. So as much as I love screen time, sometimes I have been working hard to kind of like not do as much and find other ways. And thinking of the toy list that I'm sharing with you today, I kind of try to mix it up with like some toys that incorporate some techie stuff, but also just fun play that allows the kids to learn something new. This episode is brought to you by The Language Grove. Are you looking for a preschool that offers your child a unique and enriching learning experience in Spanish? Well, let me introduce you to The Language Grove. Nestled in the heart of North Hills, California, San Fernando Valley, The Language Grove believes in instilling the love of learning in each of their unique students where creativity and curiosity take center stage. Children get to experience their Spanish immersion program led by fluent native speakers. Little minds step into their outdoor classroom where nature becomes a third teacher, providing a rich academic and nurturing experience. The Language Grove embraces child-based learning, nurturing their natural curiosity, and fostering a lifelong love of discovery. Whether your child is 18 months or six years old, they have a program tailored to their unique developmental needs. 
Don't wait and join the community of learners at The Language Grove, the only all-Spanish immersion preschool program located in North Hills, California. Get 10% off tuition for the first six months when you mention The Latina Mom Legacy. Visit thelanguagegrove.com to learn more about their curriculum, philosophy, and to schedule a tour. The Language Grove, where learning comes alive in Spanish. The most listened to episode, not just of season three, but of all time, is episode 324, How to Turn a Stressful Situation into a Positive One, Metaverse Gay and Money Tips. Now, I am not sure what part of this episode you liked. I really don't know because I re-listened to this and I'm going, a mí me gusta hablar. In this episode, I don't take a break. I don't take a breath. <laughs> I'm like, holy cow, you talk too much. In my defense, I mean well. I really mean well. I come from a place where I just want to help you. That's my ultimate goal in life is to help people. And that's where I come from in this episode. I get a little bit too into detail in terms of uh, going to the bathroom and something that happened at the airport. So that's going to be like TMI. I do get a little bit into metaverse because that was like when with the whole like metaverse, like what is it? And I think that the most helpful thing out of the whole episode, if you ask me, are my money tips. So this is what I think that you should listen to. Uh, maybe the first part in terms of positivity and how to, yes, turn a stressful situation into a positive one. But definitely, if you want to fast forward uh, to the towards the end, uh, listen to the money tips, to the full money tips, because um, uh, these are my personal money tips. Así que espero que te guste, and uh, here we go. And that help your money grow. And I am not, I'm not going to tell you like, hey, go buy the stock go do this no that is not because this is not i'm not a financial analyst i'm not a financial advisor none of that so i'm going to give that big disclaimer big big disclaimer that that is not what this is intended for this is simply intended to just as i do with everything just to give you uh tips on stuff that has worked for me and that has helped my money grow so the the first thing that i want to tell you and i want you to make a priority in your life in your budgeting is to budget for savings you budget just like you budget for bills just like you budget for to pay your credit card to pay uh, your electric bill to pay the water to pay the Netflix to pay all the subscriptions that you have just like you budget for that you have to have to have to budget for your savings and 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 this is non-negotiable you view your savings like another bill okay and the savings that you are saving for first first if you do not have an emergency fund you want to make sure that you build your emergency fund para que el día de mañana que te quedes sin trabajo tu esposo se quede sin trabajo se dañó el carro, se, mm, you have to do plumbing work in the house, unexpected emergency, lo que sea, que puedas sacar 500 dólares, 1000 dólares, lo que sea, para arreglar eso without, without having to charge a credit card. So this is your number one priority. I know Natalia and I talked about this in, in the episode, 
but this is number one priority savings savings and 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 I'll, I'll give you a couple of tips that help me with the savings so number one is so I have two things when it comes to savings so I have a small savings account that is linked to my checking account so I have that and then aparte I have another savings account which is a money market account which is where I house uh, like a little bit more savings so the savings that I have linked with my checking account is not a lot of money and when I say it's not a lot of money I think I have like maybe a grand there okay it's like true 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 emergency money like you, you need a couple hundred dollars like lo sacas de ahí like pero you set your amount, whether it's a thousand, whether it's two thousand, whether it's three thousand, right? You set your amount is just like twenty-four hour emergency money, right? That's that's what that that fund is for. The reason why I don't put more savings in that is because it's muy fácil sacar dinero, right? And just as it is easy to make a transfer because I transfer money all the time like transfer from your checking from your savings or if you if you have an unexpected an unexpected quote emergency lo sacas you transfer your your money into your checking account it's muy fácil right and then you replenish it but what happens is that sometimes it's very easy to just transfer transfer this place your savings doesn't isn't like savings anymore it just becomes like a, another checking account and that defeats the whole purpose so what i have is i have a separate money market account and in my money market account that's my real savings account that's my emergency fund and in this account what i have is um i have some savings there and it's a little bit harder it is a little bit harder to take money out so what happens is so I have my let's say you have a thousand dollars in your savings account right like you every month this is what you're going to do you're going to set up your uh, automatic investing directly from your checking account te pagan or le pagan a su esposo or, or if you guys have a joint account uh, which I personally don't recommend that's just me like I I have never had a, <clears throat> a joint account with, with, with my husband. Maybe I'll, I'll leave that for a different show because I can go on and on and on about that. But let's just say we both have our separate accounts. So I pay some bills, he pays some bills, and then collectively we pay other things. Um, so what I do is every month I have on, uh, the first, on the first of the month and the 15th of the month, I have a transfer directly from my checking account into my savings account. And what happens is that every month religiously, I get that money transferred into my savings account. So once you have, let's say you decide to build that fund up to a thousand dollars, right? That your, your emergency fund, your mini emergency fund. That's like your, let's call it the 24 hour fund. Like you, when you need money, like within 24 hours, that's your fund, right? So you transfer however amount you can transfer. Maybe it's $25. It's going to take you longer. Maybe it's $50. Maybe it's $100. Whatever you can transfer, make that a priority to fund that 24-hour fund, right? That's linked to your, your checking account. 
once you have that fund established, right? You have that savings. And I said a thousand, it could be $1,500. It can be 2000, whatever you feel comfortable with. After you have that established, right? That you have that chunk of change there in that 24 hour emergency fund, you are going to open uh, an investment account with a, a, it could be with a brokerage company. So it can be, um, there are many, there are many, many, just do, do your, your, re, I mean, Charles, Charles Schwab. Um, I have my, um, have my stuff with TIA craft. It was a, uh, it used to be a teacher's, uh, cause I was teaching at the time. It used to be a, an organization, uh, for teachers and a lot of their, their, uh, investing was not with, um, with, uh, uh, low, I'm going to go into like details into like load or there were like no load fund. Basically you didn't have to pay additional. It was like a really small fee versus like paying like money per transaction and stuff. But anyway, so that's who I have, um, who I use, but you can use like Charles Schwab. You can use like, there are many, many companies that, that you can, that you can, uh, uh, use. And, and I believe that some banks do, you're able to open money market accounts with your, your bank. And a money market account is, is kind of like a quote glorified savings account. And no te gana casi nada hoy en día because back in the day, si te ganaba, but hoy en día no te gana nada. Eh, they're about the same. So you, you open that account. And when you open this account, you, they'll probably ask you for your social security. They'll, you'll, yes, you will have to go through a process. You don't have to, uh, uh most likely you will have to verify your, your bank. Uh, so they'll do like transactions where they make like mini deposits into your, into your bank. And then you have to confirm like the transaction amounts, amounts. That's how they verify your identity. And, and they verify if, um, if that account is the account, if, if you're the account holder for, for your bank, basically. So you go through that process, right? And, uh, I would say this can take a few days because they, they do the, the deposits within two or three days. So no te creas que si te vas a abrir la cuenta ahora que, que you can already open it. No, it's going to be, give yourself a week to, to do this, right? So once you open that, once you open that, then you're going to, they're going to give you the option to open a, a money market account. And when you open your, your money market account, they'll, they'll probably tell you like what you want to open, uh, if you want to open it like with $500, whatever you want to open it with. If you don't have anything, many of them just give you the option to do automatic, uh, automatic payments. So what that means is just like you funded your savings account with your checking account, you can fund your money market account with your checking account. So what you're going to do is you're going to set it up so that every month on the first and the 15th that you uh, do an automatic transfer to your money market account and you continue to the member you already have your 24-hour fund okay in addition to your checking account but you have your 24-hour fund and now you're going to have your your money market account and you're going to build that up until you have an emergency fund and that emergency fund is truly for emergencies like if si pierdes el trabajo you know like big emergency and you know, it's good to have a, a good chunk of change so that you can get by at least for three months. If you, if any of you, uh, 
lose your jobs, um, that you can continue to pay your rent or that you can continue to pay your, your bills. You can continue to pay your, your, uh, your mortgage, uh, et cetera. So that's, you, you want to set yourself up there first before anything else, pay yourself first. Okay. Set it up as a bill. Don't, we have to stop this mentality that they, whatever is left over. No, whatever is left over. No, si tienes dinero, si tienes 20 dólares para gastarle a Starbucks al mes, tienes 20 dólares para meterlos en una cuenta de ahorros. Sorry to tell you. Si tienes 20 dólares para gastarle a, a unas chanclas, <laughs> tienes 20 dólares para meterle a, a tus savings. Tienes. And you have to make this a priority for yourself. You, you can't, we have to stop thinking as Latinos in nuestra cultura. We have to stop thinking cuando tenga, cuando pueda, cuando, no, cuando pueda, no. The time is now. When it comes to money, the longer the wait, the more money you lose. Okay. If you, if you start a savings account, if you start investing for your kids early on, by the time they're, they're, they're 30, 40, they're going to be millionaires. Okay. But time, time, when it comes to money, time is of the essence and you have to use time to your advantage. Porque the longer you wait, no, es que este mes no tengo. No, entonces si tienes para beber, si tienes para comer, si tienes para salir, entonces si tienes, si tienes, you have to make it a priority. And I think sometimes that we're used to living paycheck to paycheck. And we think that because we earn, you know, te pagaron, que se yo, dos mil dólares en la quincena, that you have to spend every, every single penny. And you have to spend every single penny on the latest and greatest. No, you don't need fancy cars. You don't need, you know, fancy clothes. If you want, that's fine. Pero fancy clothes are not going to feed you. So we have to stop as a culture, you know, no hay que aparentar, no hay que, I'm not saying that it's not nice to have nice things, you know, but, but there are other priorities. There are other priorities. So focus on your priorities. And one of your priorities has to be savings. It has to be savings. And this is how you start growing. Little by little, you start growing. So in season four, we've had a lot of episodes. And the reason why we've had a lot of episodes was because I sort of condensed <laughs> the end of season three to see, again with the whole numbering system. So the top episode of season four is episode 413 with Dr. Divina Lopez, Becoming a Better You for Yourself and Your Baby. Dr. Lopez is an amazing pediatrician. Uh, she has a podcast and we go into how you can become a better version of yourself for your baby. And we go into different tips. Uh, she shares her experience raising uh, a bilingual child. And uh, it's just a fun and great conversation full of lots of practical tips. And she's a great, great doctor and a great person. And I love to follow her on Instagram. So uh, you can find her at dancingintoparenthood.com. And if you want to listen to the full episode, be sure to listen to episode 413. Dr. Lopez, what does it mean to be a best version of yourself for your baby? So I believe that in order for you to be an amazing mom to your baby, 
you have to prioritize yourself. And I know that sounds ridiculous, right? Like many moms are like, what do you mean? I, you know, I thought it was like all about making sure that I put all the things that I thought the baby needed and about taking mm-hmm. care of the baby all the time. Yes, absolutely. We need to make sure that we are nurturing our babies, you know, to help them with their growth and their development and providing all the things that babies need. But many times moms forget to prepare themselves for their baby. They think that the preparation part Mm -hmm. is making sure they have everything on their baby registry Mm -hmm. and making sure that you get everything off the baby registry. But when I ask them, what did you get to prepare yourself for becoming a mom? Or how did you look for any support? There's no answer. And I'm nodding. I'm nodding here because I'm saying, yes, yes, yes. I prepared my, I prepared myself for the baby. I prepared the baby, the baby, but I'm nodding. Yes, because you're right. We don't think about how am I going to prepare myself to kind of deal and manage with this? What is my support network? What does it look like? I don't know. I guess for me, it was like never thought because we're always conditioned to think it's all about the baby. Yeah. And not only that, like culturally for us, we are basically told like, you know, the baby comes first Mm -hmm. and everything is about the baby. Right. And so then there's that little bit of guilt that we feel of even thinking about ourselves in the process, right? Mm -hmm. We are this Mm -hmm. vessel bringing in this new life and we're not considering that this vessel and this person is also going through a transition, which I say is very similar to your whole like adolescent transition, right? Our Mm -hmm. hormones are changing, our bodies are changing. We don't feel comfortable. We have this huge job ahead of us, right? And Mm -hmm. so like, how do you really prepare for what is about to happen and how your life is supposed to be or is is going to change? So being the best for your child means that you're actually taking care of yourself first, preparing yourself and finding support for yourself. Because without that, when the baby comes, you are Mm -hmm. exhausted. It Mm -hmm. feels like such a challenging time. You're like in this survival mode instead of thriving through motherhood, right? And you don't want to wait for that to happen. I love to prepare mm-hmm. moms before the baby comes. It's like, and dads, you know, it's called dancing to parenthood because I want the partners to be prepared for how they support mom and what's going to happen with mom, right? And not freak and, out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like we all need to be prepared for this beautiful human being that we're about to receive, this gift that we're bringing into the world. But in order for you to do that in the best way possible and have like the best foundation for your baby is by actually putting into yourself first. I think we're conditioned in many ways to just be reactive to everything. Yes. Like we, we don't prepare. I say this because when my father passed away, we had no idea like, you know, what to do. Like we weren't like prepared in so many ways. And you know, it's inevitable, we're all going to die at some point in our lives. And if you're planning on having a baby, you know, the baby's going to come. I mean, you know, God willing that the baby's going to come and you know, you're going to have this new life in your home and your life is going to change. So why wouldn't you prepare as well? One thing that I know that for me was a big thing that I wish that somebody would have told me and I always I always encourage this uh, for new moms is when somebody offers you help, Mm -hmm. as a new mom, 
take it and don't feel guilty. We feel bad. We feel bad. We feel guilty. Yes, for sure. But I mean, like, think about it. I I don't know how your mom was, but my mom is still to this day. My mom is very proud that she's done everything by herself. And like, she's going to win some side, like some sort of trophy or award for this. I tell mothers all the time, like, you're not going to win a trophy. You are not (laughs) going to win a trophy because you didn't sleep last night and you were up all night. You're not going to win a trophy for this, right? If somebody offers you help, take it, take it. That doesn't mean you're weak. It doesn't mean that you're not good at this. We internalize it like that, right? It's funny that our, like our parents are in, and our moms have like certain things. Like one thing that my mom would say is that, oh, you guys had it easy. You guys had like the epidural, like, you know, we had everything like natural and I know it's like, okay, but times have changed. Right. And many moms do this in our culture. This, this mm-hmm. is something like women have been very proud to have gone through these stressors, like major stressors mm-hmm. and like live through it to tell the story. Right. Yeah. Because that, that, that's defined in our culture as una mujer berraca or chingona or like, yes. like with grit. Right. Yes. Yes. Right. So same thing. Like my mom basically kind of tells me this, Oh, you're so lucky. Oh, you got, you know, this and the next thing. And you know, I constantly have to remind her that we need to start thinking about women in a different way. Mm-hmm. Great if we have it easier. Great if we can do better. That's sort of where that whole comparison thing comes in. And I already feel like we deal with that so much as a mm-hmm. woman, mm-hmm. right? We're constantly comparing ourselves. It's a disease. <laughs> I want to say it is. It's a disease. And I wish that we could cure this because mm-hmm. especially with social media, I feel mm-hmm. like it's getting worse. You know, mm-hmm. I love Instagram, but I don't love when I see these picture perfect things happening. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, guys, you have no idea. I could tell you how beautiful my wedding day looked, but if you knew what was going on behind the scenes, <laughs> you wouldn't. Yeah. I mean, you know what I'm talking about, right? And so mm-hmm. we look at these snapshots exactly. and we think that everything is so perfect in that person's life. And then mm-hmm. we feel like we need to have that. And that's just not reality. And mm-hmm. I have to constantly remind moms about this. Like, mm-hmm. stop comparing yourself. Yep. Be forgiving with yourself. Have yes. some grace for yourself. Because my yep. goodness, we beat ourselves up so much. Mm-hmm. It's our little voices that are telling us these things constantly, too. And, you know, those little voices that we hear, unfortunately, we inherited them from mm-hmm. our childhood, right? A lot of yep. times they are our mom's voices telling mm-hmm, us those things. Mm-hmm. It's not you. And exactly. I, want, I want women to understand that. Like, that is not you telling you that. Stop beating yourself up and tell that little voice to just be quiet. Mm-hmm, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, because you, you shouldn't feel like you need to live up to this unattainable expectation. Like, stop doing this to yourself. I do it to I'm- myself constantly and I'm just learning how to stop it. It takes a lot of training. It takes a lot of conscious effort and it's even harder when you're a new mom, because first of all, your body's going through all these changes, Mm -hmm. right? And then you don't feel like your normal self. You don't look like your normal self. You're right. You start scrolling and one, you're going through all these hormonal changes. Then on top of that, you don't like most of the time how you look or how you feel. So you add all this stuff. And then on top of that, you know, you try to be 
okay, aware, but that's almost impossible because you may be struggling even with postpartum depression and, and going through all these things that, that you go through. I know for me, I, I felt like I lost a part of me, like, and, and I felt like a part of me died when I had a baby and it wasn't, I didn't understand what was going on because nobody prepared me. Nobody told me, Hey, when you have a baby, um, you're going to mourn your old life. And I I mourned my career and I mourned like my me time and I mourned my body. And I sort of felt guilty because I'm thinking here, I have this new life in front of me. I should be happy and I should be loving and I should be grateful. And I am happy and I am loving, but I want to cry because I miss the old me and nobody ever told me, Hey, this is going to happen. Thank you for making the past four seasons memorable and full of growth and change. It is my hope to continue to empower you to raise bilinguals or multilinguals connected to their Latino roots and continue to bring you the stories of amazing Latina moms and change makers around the world. If you're a Latina mom and have a story to share on how you're raising bilingual children or making a difference in our comunidad, be sure to fill out a guest form at thelatinamomlegacy.com. A special shout out to The Language Grove, the only all Spanish immersion preschool located in North Hills, California, San Fernando Valley. Remember, you'll get 10% off your tuition for the first six months when you mention The Latina Mom Legacy. Visit thelanguagegrove.com to learn more about their curriculum philosophy and to schedule a tour. The Language Grove, where learning comes alive in Spanish. Have a great summer. Be sure to join my newsletter at milegacy.com so that you can continue to get weekly messages from me in your inbox even during our break. Un beso bien grande y hasta la próxima. Chao, chao. What do you want your legacy to be?